Welcome to Philosophy Club, where lifelong friends discuss life's questions. Let's do it. All right, Ben, what's your what's your well, I mean, First things first is we have to welcome back after a long hiatus, Sir Logan to the podcast. It has, uh, let me tell you, the last few meetings have been filled with awkward silences and not a single reference to Adam Smith. So really good to have you. <laughs> oh, how do, they, do those meetings even count if Adam Smith doesn't come up? Single solitary one. Crazy. Good to have you back, man. Yeah, good to have you back, Logan, for sure. All right, so I want to I want to start this meeting with a a real world ethical dile- ethical dilemma that I came across in the past few weeks, and I'm interested in it because it seemed like the this was on the internet, and it seemed like the internet consensus was on one end of the spectrum, and I was very much on the other. So I'm interested to hear if you guys have any gut reactions to this, or can help explain as to why I disagreed with the consensus. So there's a movie coming out. And at the time of recording, it's coming out this week. But by the time this gets out there, it will have already made its theatrical run called The Creator. And this is a movie about a war that happens between humans and AI. And the first trailer for this movie dropped several months ago. And the trailer opens with the narrator telling us that this AI that humans have built to protect themselves uh, declared war on humanity. And the first thing they do in this war is detonate a nuclear bomb in Los Angeles. So the trailer shows this nuclear bomb going off, and then the next frame of the trailer shows a city being destroyed by the bomb. So after the trailer comes out, some internet sleuths were looking at it and said, hey, that shot of a city being destroyed looks very familiar. And after some internet detective work, they discovered that what the filmmakers had done is they had taken real footage of the explosion that happened in Beirut, Lebanon a few years back and superimposed some more futuristic looking buildings on top of the actual building and then used that in their trailer. So most people seem to have the general consensus that this was either a very unethical thing to do or at the very least made them feel gross watching it. Kind of in the same way, Michael, when we talked about like when you know an actor has done something bad, you just feel gross watching them in cinema. So the general consensus was broadly negative. And I have to say, I didn't really see it as all that big of a deal. Hmm. Um, yeah, my, so I had not heard about this at all. Um, my gut reaction is that it's a little weird, I guess. Maybe it's kind of, could feel like it's trivializing a real life tragedy by using it in in service of this fictional um hypothetical story i can i guess i can see that side of it i don't know that i have a strong reaction to this like it doesn't feel to me like overtly bad in a serious way i don't know so my first thoughts on this are like um I don't remember if it was in City of God or his Confessions, but St. Augustine is very much like anti-plays. And uh, his big reason for it is it like conditions you to see bad things and suffering and not help. Because, of course, you're not going to help the characters on the play. That would be ridiculous. And ordinarily, I'm like, that's a silly argument. But in this case, like using real footage where people really died, uh, it almost seems like that's a... That's an instance where you are kind of conditioning people to like see tragedy and not treat it as such. I don't know. So that So what if they had just used that footage as inspiration and then remade the whole thing using CGI? Does that change anything? You know, this is weird because sometimes it it does in some way feel that it does change something. But it doesn't really make any sense as to why. Because, like, the... It's better for the movie and for the people watching it if it is, like, generally more realistic or they're better able to, like, suspend disbelief 
But um, yeah, something I about think, weird. I, I do think it changes it. Um, and I I think it's because if you're using it as a reference to sort of recreate it in CGI, then it does seem like the goal is to just create a realistic impression of some sort of a cataclysmic explosion. Um, whereas when you just use the footage, it feels, I mean, yes, I guess that's also kind of the goal, but that's the goal of like, with like some sort of like a willful, um, disregard for like the seriousness of the real event. Um, like I do think it trivializes this real events where there's still like ongoing effects of, you know, like people are still probably suffering as a result. This is relatively recent, um, this, that explosion and, like, I think it'd be one thing to use, like, real footage of, I don't know, like, like, the Pearl Harbor attack or something, or, uh, I don't know, but, um, or, like, supposing there were, like, footage of something like the eruption of Vesuvius, um, because, like, that's so far gone into the past that it's not, I don't want to say it's not relevant anymore, but it's, like, I don't know, it just, it feels like that, an acceptable amount of time has gone by. Whereas this feels so much more recent as to be, um, I don't know. Yeah, it feels wrong to trivialize it in that way. I think. I think part of it is the the misrepresentation misrep- that they implied. Like, I almost feel like if in the movie, if it start, if the aliens, not the aliens, the AI, whatever, the bad guys start off with by blowing up Beirut with a nuclear explosion, and they open with that footage, that would be like, oh man, you know, that's an interesting artistic like reusage of this but to like just use it and kind of cover up the fact like where it came from and use it in a different direction um i think is inappropriate or like same reason like it would be weird to incorporate footage of like pearl harbor into a movie that wasn't that didn't involve pearl harbor you know like but but if you're genuine about where it comes from i don't think it's as much of a problem uh i don't know yeah, because part of this is, like, the fact that people went and figured this out independently of, like, the filmmakers making it obvious, um, I think is part of the problem. I don't know. That said, I think if you were to take, like, footage of, like, the 9-11 attacks and, but, like, present it in some sort of a fictionalized story where, like, aliens knocked down the towers for some other fictional bizarre reason, like, that would also feel weirdly, like, um, mm. not okay. Uh, again, I think because it kind of tri- takes like a real tragedy and trivializes it. Um, but again, I guess I did just yeah. that would be okay with something like Pearl Harbor, but maybe I'm not still feeling that way. I don't know. Yeah, the 9-11 example is interesting because I do feel more gross about that example. I don't know if this is just my bias as like an American, I feel more strongly about a tragedy in America, whereas something in Lebanon seems far away. But I'm also compelled by Logan's sort of argument where I think if they had used it as a reference point and just recreated it in CGI, I would have almost no issue with that, but I don't see where that breaks. Because like they already covered up the actual buildings with fake buildings, so... That's like one step towards that. So the next step of just recreating the actual physics of the explosion seems so marginal that it shouldn't go from bad to good based just on that. Well, it's like... They like... From the way you made it sound, they took like actual images from the of the explosion and covered up parts of it. And that's different from like using the images as an inspiration for something else. I don't know. Well, how how close would their recreation have to be for it to then feel cuz they could using CGI, they could recreate it perfectly, but it would be no longer the real footage, but a perfect digital representation of the real footage. Hmm. I don't, it seems like if they're if they're copying and pasting any pixels, that's weird. But if they're using pixels to, like, as a framework, that's okay. 
I hear that, but that also sounds so fundamentally silly that uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, we may have like a, a heap problem, where like it's if we try and define the exact oh, everything's a heap, <laughs> uh, where it's where it's wrong. That I don't know that we can maybe like pinpoint a point a spot where it becomes wrong, but it does feel like at a certain level, it might be. Uh, again, if not like egregiously wrong, still kind of distasteful at least. Um, and I don't know. So it's a uh, uh, another part of this is like it seems just inappropriate. Because um, like if a nuclear bomb is going off in a city, and like they use like old footage from like nuclear tests or even from like uh like actual like Hiroshima or something, if they used footage of stuff like that in order for inspiration of, like, what the nuclear bomb going off in L.A. might look like, just, like, better understand, like, the physics or whatever, uh, that I would be like, oh, yeah, that tracks. That's a, that's a good idea. But this, like, was just a completely different thing that happened to be uh, a big explosion. It's almost like... Um, it's almost like the there's no real... It's not like they could gain accuracy or insight from it aside from like the recent emotional attachment to it it's very yeah it's it just seems like an inappropriate thing to do i don't know fear the one other angle i was looking at this from is this this felt at least to me less bad than news organizations that went and showed the actual footage in association with the event. Like that almost felt to me more exploitative for them to use, again, the real footage where you saw the real buildings being destroyed, you know, ostensibly to help us be informed about the news, but really just to help viewers rubberneck to, to watch the news in the context of this tragedy. So do we feel like that's any more or less exploitative? No, that seems perfectly okay because that seems like what you want from a news organization. I also am well, inclined to think that's okay, in part because the news organization is doing it. I mean, granted, they may be exploiting it for viewership, um, but also the effect of showing a real, um, like knowing that, like, hey, when they said what you're about to see is footage of this, you know, real life explosion that happens, real tragedy, da da da, helps to impart the viewer some of the like, emotional impact of the event um as opposed to just like reading about like there was an explosion in beirut that killed you know so and so many people um like that sound that is bad and you can have the most reaction to that but something about seeing a footage or something like that does impart some of the emotional impact of the event and that i don't think is not like granted like the news is going to take advantage of that emotional impact to gain viewership but it is also think you also think it's kind of within their purview to communicate the events, including to a certain extent, the emotional impact. Well, here, here's another way of me uh, to think about it is like, if there is like a war correspondent or whatnot, who's, who takes pictures, um, and some civilian takes a picture that is very poignant and he like goes over that civilian is like, that's a really good photo. I'll give you 50 bucks for that photo. Um, and then he like, and then comes back and like, they print it in whatever news organization he, he works for, whatever. Um, that, that seems fine unless he doesn't attribute it to, like, photo originally taken by, like, Jane from somewhere in the in a war-torn country or whatever. So, like, it's, it's like a misrepresentation. It's like the these guys have taken footage that they did not actually take. They've taken an artistic thing. Not, I mean, well, it wasn't originally an artistic thing. It was just, like, a thing and they claimed something that someone else generated mostly as part of their art like even if that photographer like changed the color of that photograph and if he tried to pass it off as his own you'd be like this is this is baloney um and i think that's like actually the the biggest thing they've done is that they have failed to attribute where this came from and that's that's why we feel so weird from it and like it would be it would be odd if they included like a disclaimer in the movie like hey this is actually footage of beirut or if they said published beforehand like footage the explosion you'll notice is of beirut 
Uh, but that would at least be defensible because you could put some kind of like artistic. Yeah. I, I you could you could come up with an ideology where that makes sense, so they could have a message behind that. But in this case, they've just stolen someone else's work, changed it mild like to some small extent, and passed it off as complete original. I don't know. This brings me. Uh, I've got maybe a tangent taking in a slightly different direction. But this makes me curious about other forms of sort of misrepresentation in art. Um, because I'm thinking of, like, there's that famous picture of, like, the Dust Bowl woman. Where she's, like, sitting. Um, and she's got, like, a couple of kids around her. I don't know if you guys know which picture I'm taking up. But she looks kind of, like, I don't know, like, forlorn or, like, depressed. But she's got, like, a couple of kids around her. Um, but I remember at some point in time, in some class in college, uh, a professor telling us that... Like, apparently the backstory behind that picture is that, like, she just got like, the picture taken at, like, a weird moment. It was actually, like, a very positive interaction, and she was, like, happy to talk to this. She seemed to be, like, in positive spirits, but, like, the picture has been, you know, gone around and gotten popular as this, like, depiction of, like, sort of, like, the like the negativity and, like, the, hmm. I don't know, like, ennui of the Dust Bowl scenario for the people who live there. But, like, apparently that was just not actually the general atmosphere of this woman and her family. It was just happened to be taken at like an, an odd moment um, and misrepresents what the actual situation was there, but it was used to communicate, I guess, a larger picture of the, the broader American experience in that area. Um, and that, to me, doesn't feel immoral in the same way, maybe, or, or distasteful in the same way this sort of Beirut thing feels, um, even though it is like direct misrepresentation. <laughs> Well, the the Beirut thing seems like a a kind of theft, mm -hmm. um, or failure to attribute, or at least like plagiarism, I guess. Um, and it's got like a lot of emotional charge on top of that. But I agree that the the misrepresenting reality with a photograph isn't uh, that doesn't seem in itself like wrong it could what you did with that could be wrong but yeah I don't know yeah. maybe because they what they're depicting is something that we come to understand like I guess was a reality of like the broader truth of like life and experience in this sort of dust bowl scenario even if it wasn't the specific reality of like that day that moment with this woman it speaks to like a larger truth of certain type of experience that happens in this dust bowl period i don't know yeah the picture makes... had been what if the picture had been fully staged so he said to this woman hey the dust bowl like this is a really really sad time can you just look as miserable as possible for this photo and it was taken in like paris or something in a studio <laughs> well I mean, it, it could be i mean it could have been like the same context but instead of just organically capturing a fleeting sad moment the photographer asked the subject to look sad. Well, this is interesting. Yeah. I guess there's nothing too terribly wrong with that, but I suppose there are limits. Because like the, when you said that, it made me think of like most of them, I forget his name, there's some famous Civil War photographer who would go around and stage bodies uh, in such a way as to make it look like more tragic or whatnot afterwards. Um, but like the thing he was getting across is like, wow, this is a pretty fucking tragic war. Which I think is a, a reality that, that that itself doesn't seem like wrong or uh, and it doesn't seem necessarily uh, untruthful to like stage the bodies so that they reflect that. Um, it would be I would almost feel worse if um, if like this guy had taken the photograph of, uh, of the woman and she looked really happy in the dust bowl and he's like, see, we don't need to worry about this sort of thing. Uh, they don't need any help. Like that's that in a way seems even more dishonest, even if it were a more accurate reflection of that moment. But there's got to be a limit. To that. I don't know. I think I my gut reaction to, to the story of the Civil War photographer is that that is pretty wrong. I think it would be one thing like the scenario been laid out with the Dust Bowl woman. You're we're kind of presenting a situation where like she's an actress or something or a model being asked to to pose in a certain way, and then I think if you were to take that and pass it off as 
um, like a genuine moment taken from real life. I think that would be wrong. I think likewise to um, to take the bodies of the Civil War thing, like you are presenting a truth, but the idea that like, that like oh, for the average viewer, like that truth is not as evident from this pic photograph, so I need to like almost exaggerate things so they get the real impact of it also feels wrong to me. Um, yeah, that feels like kind of the equivalent to going back to our original example of if they had taken the Beirut explosion video, so in its original context, and like overblown the audio and edited a little bit just to make things look a little bit more dramatic, that seems like that would be wrong, misrepresenting the scale of what actually happened. Even if it was in service of helping people appreciate how bad it actually was. Yeah, that reminds me, there's a show on... Um... I think Amazon, but there's a show it's about, um, like Nazi hunters or something like that. in like, the, I want to say like the sixties or something. Um, but like people in America who are like hunting Nazis that are like in hiding. Um, and it was like, I only saw the first season, but it was, it was pretty good. Um, Al Pacino's in it, um, in like a supporting role, which is neat. But anyways, all that to say, um, there was a scene in that, that I read afterwards, got some, like, um, some slack from actually from like Holocaust survivor groups, um, and it was because like they, they depicted a scene um, in like a flashback that they like they fictionalized uh, like a Nazi torture thing in a, in a concentration camp where they had like some evil Nazi commander of this camp uh, making the prisoners engage in like a human chess game. And then like when the pieces would take each other, they would make them, you know, like kill the other person, uh, which is horrific. Um, but like the, the backlash that some of the like Holocaust groups add to it was like there is enough real horror and tragedy that happened in concentration camps during the holocaust that like to invent this like almost cartoonish thing is sort of disrespectful um and i see that argument i think i don't know it's that that felt similar to the i guess we have them when she was saying we over exaggerated the beirut thing to make it more dramatic and i think also similar to the civil war photographer who is arranging bodies so it's more obviously horrific and i guess it would depend on what the audience's expectation is so like frankly when i see either news or historical photos or footage i kind of have the expectation that what i'm seeing was a a, a raw depiction of what actually happened but, but to find out yeah so to logan's point to find out that the civil war photos have been staged almost makes me like distrustful of any media from that time. Like, like what if someone had gone and in the figures for the death tolls for various battles, just bumped them up a little bit to make things seem worse. <laughs> like that seems clearly wrong. And it seems clearly to me the same as doctoring a photo. Logan, any thoughts on that? I uh, I was looking up the thing I was thinking of. It turns out I was thinking of Matthew Brady, and it seems that very few did he ever actually. Uh, well, I'm not sure. I'm going through different sources to see if like he actually did pose bodies. It seems like it's open for debate as to whether or not he posed them. Um. Yeah, I thought that was a fact. It turns out that's controversial. But anyway, I don't know. What was the question? So do, do you have an expectation that when you are either watching the news or seeing photos or videos from historical events, do you have the expectation that what you're seeing is unedited reality? Or do you assume that there could have been some doctoring of what you're seeing? Of course there could be doctoring. So how, how are you able to trust any, how, well, how can you trust anything if you're assuming that? Because you don't know what part is being doctored. Well, you trust, um, I guess the intent behind it. Um, like if I see, but, that, but that's true of like anything. Thing. So I could see 
uh, a video by The Economist talking about some new news story or whatnot. And I like generally trust The Economist. I see obviously that like the images presented are like a montage of various different events that have been spliced together. Um, and then I accept that I'm not seeing the whole picture, um, but that I trust the news source that it came from. If I were to get a similar thing, if I were to get like an identical video from a different source, I might not trust it at all. I And in fact, I probably wouldn't. And I'd go try and see if like The Economist says anything about it to back it up. Um, but like even, even like this podcast we're going to edit even, and we're not going to make it, we're probably not going to make it so that like people miss significant points. Um, but we could, we could change it so that someone's argument sounds much better than it actually was or that someone's counter argument, we cut out key details or something like that. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you guys could make my arguments sound better than they actually are. That would be. Don't you think that that would be like. We got out of the limits of possibility. I think it's like the idea that it's like a direct misrepresentation feels immoral to me. And I think, I think like with any news organization or even with this podcast, if we were to like intentionally edit things to represent them in some way other than like, it's one thing to edit for clarity of, of the way that the arguments actually happened. But if I were to splice together the various things that you've said to make it sound like you said something completely different, that would sound, I think would be immoral. Probably. Well, it depends on what kind of truth you're getting after. Um, and like, like everybody has a, has a bias, but in, in the, in the instance of our own podcast, like, uh, we value the, the actual substance of the discussion. Um, but someone else who you could in theory value much more the way we speak or, or yeah, like the fluency with which we speak or like the, our ability to use rhetoric or something like that. And so by likely. if that person were listening to our podcast and that's what he was, they were listening for, then we changed the most fundamental thing by like editing out the awkward pauses and the ums to make it sound more clear. So we, we've chosen some one thing, one version of truths that we decide is more important. And I think for good reason, but like you could come up with another thing that to someone else is the more important version of truth. And we were doctoring that out completely. Maybe, but that I think is different than editing things. It's, it's like, yeah, there, you can maybe say there's different perspectives on um, the way this conversation happened or the points that were made within the conversation. But to falsify or edit the conversation such that it sounds like different points that weren't made at all were actually made um, is a different thing, I think, than to, than to present a different perspective. Well, that matters to us, but I could see someone else caring more about uh, the way someone speaks. Like, uh, for, for example, um, the in the like Kennedy-Nixon debates, uh, people said that like on the radio, Nixon seemed like he won those debates, but on television, Kennedy won because they saw Nixon's sweat. Um, in that instance, like the radio, just by transmitting it over the radio without doctoring anything, changed the way people perceived it significantly. And like those people at radio broadcast didn't think they were altering the truth in any way, but it was to the extent that people had a completely different opinion. So, right, but if that's not like. That would be totally different than I think editing it to make it sound like, like, like Nixon was the Democrat and Kennedy was the Republican. Like if you were to edit it such that like it sounded like their their entire like beliefs were totally different, would be that would be totally wrong. And that's what we're only talking. only from our perspective because we care about the beliefs. But it turned out a lot of people cared about whether or not the president sweats, and so the key thing was the radio edit out the fact that he sweated on camera. And that that's what I'm well, saying. Well, is the the radio didn't edit that out. The radio couldn't have transmitted that information. They couldn't have transmitted it. But, but um, it, so well, it I think that's, that's more about like our unconscious biases against people who look good or bad um, than it is about what like the people were actively caring about. So like, like I think you could say the argument you're making is that like you could, two people could watch, like we could go in and watch a movie and I might appreciate 
like the aesthetics of it, like the way it's put together, the the way it looks, all that. And someone else might appreciate the story that's told, the plot, and all that kind of stuff. And we can so there's two different elements there that we might both appreciate. But to say that like I don't know, but but that's that's different than like altering the events in the way that they happen, like factual um, in the presentation, or to misrepresent what happened mm -hmm. in the movie. Now, I think it's I just want to make it. Go ahead. I just want to make it known for all of our podcast listeners that Michael has been sweating profusely this entire time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Absolutely shit. <laughs> Darn you taking the power from my joke. Logan, go ahead. That's funny. Um, no, I think it's a trade-off. You uh the truth that matters is not universally accepted. And like we generally prefer belief, like the actual points of the argument and not the argumentation. Uh like us as like you and me and Ben. But that's not to say that there are other more valid ways. Because I mean, yeah, it turns out like you could say that it's an unconscious thing versus like what they quote unquote actively care about. But if it changes like who you vote for for the president, that it turns out like as a revealed preference, the thing that they actually care about is sweat. And that was, I guess, to my mind, it sounds like we're talking about different things. Still, I think if we let's imagine two scenarios: one in which we have um, the podcast. That we have here and we have edited it for yeah the way we the way we normally do for sort of clarity and to um yeah to make the arguments or i guess the, the conversation easier to follow um you know we get rid of the ums and the pauses and the nothings and amplify the voices so it's easier to hear who's talking or whatever um i don't know exactly what sam does but it works um and then the other scenario is we still do all of that but also chop up and rearrange the arguments so it sounds like we're saying something totally different. That's what I'm saying. I guess is that the, there's there's that's a different kind of editing than just editing yeah. the aesthetic value. Like you can do both of those at the same time, and one of them feels wrong, and the other one is less so. Like the aesthetic editing, I agree with you. Yeah, might might be wrong if what you're after is like a totally unbiased, unedited version of events um but the other one not only does it get rid of that but it also alters even the summary of events not even just like the the moment-to-moment -moment factual events yeah i i I, uh, I agree that that is a different kind of editing but it's just a different uh it's just a different truth that you're or different uh yeah different truth that you're trying to get after that but I think the second one of that scenario is deliberately not the truth it is something that is not the case to have happened you have you have taken something that happened and chopped it up to make it look like it happened in a different way um rather than like maybe it's the intention that's behind it like if we're editing for clarity um we are the intention is to take is to still present what happened but to present it more clearly uh whereas if you are editing the other way you are taking you're presenting something that did not happen i think it gets back to what what the audience expects as a function of the medium so yeah. given that we are an unscripted conversational podcast i think the audience has a reasonable belief that, you know, the ideas that we're saying that they're hearing are representative of how they were uh, said during the podcast, but not that the, like the, the, like how they were delivered is exactly the same. I think there's an expectation that there is an editing of, for, for clarity and for cutting out silence, but an expectation that what they're hearing is representative of what we actually said. Tell me this: What if um, post edit we let's say all three of us come back and say, you know what, this this conversation it was good, but it would make more sense if we rearranged it, come like the order of what everything was said in a significant way. Um, 
and we think that would be more clear, better understood. And like, let's let's say hypothetically, like we have another conversation after this, and we come to some different understanding of how this conversation should have gone. Yeah, and we just reorder this conversation to reflect that and our enhanced understanding of what we're talking about. Um, would that be wrong? Well, I don't think it would be wrong. I'm not sure if, you know, anything we can do on this voluntary form of entertainment can be wrong. Unless we like... Yeah. Right. So. Um, <laughs> I think I think so long as we're still representing the same points, it's not wrong. Um, but like... Okay, well, what if like... So there's there's two two approaches here. What if one of us says something that is factually inaccurate and we go back and correct it in a way that meaningfully changes how the conversation goes? So like if we had gone throughout this whole conversation with the assumption that Logan's Civil War doctoring was true, and then at the end we found out that that actually didn't happen, there was no historical doctoring, I think that would meaningfully change how the rest of the conversation went. Should we redo the whole conversation? Should we fix just that part? Mm -hmm. No, I think I think the important thing would just be like add a disclaimer at some point, whether before or after. Like, hey, we were wrong about this fact, um, so we were arguing under this, you know, under incorrect facts. But don't um, listen because it was a waste. Did. Um. I don't know. Uh, yeah, this. I guess this is why I think it's a matter of a trade-off and not a matter of a misrepresentation. Is like, as long as really us, like the people who make this podcast are in agreement as to what should come out, then it doesn't matter. Like we can, we could make it say anything we wanted to, as long as like everyone involved were okay with it. It's not as though we were a lie. Um, even if it does like fundamentally misrepresent what we actually said. So then the issue with the Beirut thing is that people of Beirut have not consented to have their footage be repurposed. Well, if I, mm. I well, I'm pausing there, I do want to say I do take Logan's argument that the lack of attribution, I do see that as a problem that I didn't see coming into this conversation. So to the extent that I leave this conversation thinking that this was wrong, I think that's probably why. Yeah, and like, I guess the other thing is like, for this podcast, it's me, you, Ben, and whoever edits it. But for like, that movie, it was everyone who made the movie plus the people of Beirut whose buildings are shown being blown up and the person who ever filmed that. Um, they may have incorporated that person who filmed it, um, but probably not like, the people of Beirut who are on camera. Um, well, so wait, why does that point matter? Huh? Do, do, do people who have their, their photos and videos taken as part of historical events, do they have a right on how that's used? No, but it's part of movies, I think. I don't know. Well, that, well so, so, so let's look at the, the Dust Bowl woman. The fact that she, by all accounts, wasn't like down and out and like bummed and depressed or whatever. If she was like, "Hey, that's actually that's not what I'm like. I'm not I'm not sad like that. I'm I'm an upbeat, happy, go lucky gal." Um, w would that would that then make the presentation of the photo wrong? Yeah, but that, did that dude get consent to take the photo? Yeah, yeah, but not. But but she said, but she's saying that that photo is a misrepresentation of of her. So it's just likewise, like the footage of the people in Beirut or the explosion in Beirut, it happened in a public space. So like it's legally allowed to take the picture, but. So this still doesn't still feels maybe wrong to misuse it or represent it in a in a different way. Well, yeah, that's uh, um. But again, so in, in the Deadpool example, it's not as though they were saying it was a different person. In the movie example, they're saying this is Los Angeles, not Beirut. In the Deadpool example, like that woman still was that woman, even if it was a misrepresentation, it wasn't an outright lie well kind of this is like it's it's this is it's saying like here's what this woman looks like that's true she looks like that but the character that is presented through the image maybe it sounds like it's a different totally different sort of person and a different attitude than this woman actually was in real life like she she just got caught like looking off in the distance 
and the poto was taken away like it looks like she's down and out um but she's actually a happy-go-lucky sort of person so you're presenting a totally different character in the image than from what this woman actually was I think the, the Beirut example is there's no parallel there because the people yeah, on the Beirut video didn't give consent for it to be used anywhere. So the filmmaker, I think there's a point to say that the person who filmed it didn't give consent to have it used. It's not like anyone in the video said, hey, you can use this as part of a news broadcast, but don't doctor it for a movie. Yeah, but the, I mean, it makes sense that you could use it for a news broadcast. That doesn't seem wrong at all. Be like, oh, like this horrible thing happened. As a function of living in society, do we consent to being as part of news broadcast? Yeah, I think so. Anything that happens in public is, is fair game for the news. Well, public is tough there because, I mean, this was their private buildings. It was just the outside of them. Ostensibly. Yeah, but it was a public event that these buildings got destroyed. Still seems weird that, like, if my house burned down and someone took footage from outside the property, I consent to have that used as part of news? I don't I, think I implicitly I, I think, gave that consent. I think, I think, I guess the idea is that, like, that is so... Like, the outside of your house, you, I don't think you have to give consent about. Like, if I walk by and take a picture of, like, or the Google car comes by and the street view takes a picture of your house, like, that's not even up for... I mean, maybe we can debate it, I guess. Maybe, that's, maybe that should be wrong, but I don't think so. Uh, oh, but that seems weird to me, though, that we're making a distinction between news and fell. Like, to well, but that, have... that seems like it has its place. Like, if some dictator uses chemical weapons on his population, and like you see footage of that, it shouldn't be the case that the dictator is like, "Nope, you can't, you can't use that." We, uh, I didn't get consent for you to, to get that. Like that, that seems like a, you know, objectively like good thing that people would know about terrible events like that, or I'd be able to see proof of it. And same with like the Beirut thing. It's like a good thing that. The people of Lebanon know how corrupt and incompetent their government is, and there's video evidence of it. Like that seems like, uh, on balance, is uh, it serves a good role for news organizations to be able to rebroadcast stuff like that. Yeah, I think there's again a, like a heat problem in terms of how significant an event is for it to cross that threshold. So it seems really weird to me. Like, if there was a really slow news night, and my house caught fire. And the local Roanoke news station came and filmed that fire and released that as part of the nightly news. That seems weird to me. Like, I didn't consent to have that happen. So that's not really... Is it weird to you because you, well, you, you feel like the, the public says, no, there's no need for the public to no know public, what house Yeah, there's down. no public interest in that. What if they're filming, like, the fire department putting out the fires and keeping it under control? Why would that still be a public... Well, you're you getting evidence of this public service act, you know, in, in action, it's working. That still seems so strange to me. That does seem a little strange. I agree that it might be a heap concept, but it might be a little lower. Like if it like a like video the footage of like domestic abuse seems like obviously off the table. Yeah, um I think that's pretty safe. At least to put on like the fucking news. Yeah. Maybe maybe in a courtroom would be different, but not in, like the news. Yeah. So I, I think I, I feel like, but it feels to me like we're giving the news for some reason a pass, which I think is appropriate for certain events, but not for others. So like if a filmmaker was like, I need to see a house on fire, but I don't have the budget to do CGI and they stumble across my house that's on fire and they use that footage. That seems to me at least equally as ridiculous as a news organization doing it. Well, that seems way more ridiculous. I agree. It's more ridiculous. Yeah. Unless it's a movie about well, his house being on fire, then it seems more or less okay. So why is the news different in that case? Because they're still presenting like a fact of like, here's like, it's, it's more like documentary. It's like, here's a thing that happened. Whereas a filmmaker is misrepresenting. To me, I think that still is the biggest issue is that there's the misrepresentation. Um, like the filmmaker is misrepresenting like your house or a fictional event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. By showing it in the movie, it's as though they're saying this this event never happened. But whereas the news is saying this event did happen. And it did happen. 
Well, so then that gets back to Michael's historical photo example of, yes, technically that person didn't make the expression that they made in the moment the photo was taken, but it's still deliberately misrepresenting, not maybe not the story being told by the photo is misrepresentative. I still think that's just a trade-off. Like, so the, the photo was taken at a moment that you, we think that doesn't reflect that woman's character, but like every, everything, every positive thing you send out, every, like, um, every time you describe anything in any capacity in any medium, you leave out way more. Like, there was also stuff to the left and right of the fucking frame of the photograph that isn't included in the photograph. There's the stuff 180 degrees to the other side that isn't part of that photograph. There's all the other photos that he didn't take, or that he took that day, or didn't take that day, that aren't included in there. And same when you write a story about anything, or there's a news article about something, there's so much, for every word that you write, there's an infinite number of words that you didn't write. Um, so you cannot help but misrepresent at some level. And so you no, must- No, I totally disagree. As I totally disagree. Fading anything, you choose what goes in there. And so you must make a trade-off about what you think genuinely reflects a good person like does this in a moral way and tries to keep it as real as possible, but you must make that trade-off. Okay, so I totally disagree and, and I'll explain why and I think I want to use a ridiculous example also at the same time. So um so I think it's one thing to use from all of your, you know, say you take a hundred photos of the day and to pick one that is like generally representative of of the day and the scene and so you, you like you're uh, if you're presenting a photograph as a piece of art you're kind of sort of you're presenting a scene or you're telling a story or something there's a, there's kind of an implied narrative at least with this this photograph i'm referencing there is kind of an implied narrative even if it's a limited one included in the photograph um and if you pick one that's representative like yes you are not including all the other ones but to pick one that is deliberately representative of something that is not true of the broader structure is misrepresentative and so as i'll use as an example i don't know whether you guys will have seen this or not but in the live action Scooby-Doo 2, the second one, there's a recurring bit where they're getting interviewed by this reporter. Oh, yeah. And the reporter takes actual things that they have said, but then chops it up and edits it to make it sound as though Mystery Incorporated is responsible for the terrible things that have happened, as opposed to having tried to prevent them or responding to them or whatever. Um, and in the movie, it's like obvious and goofy like mis-editing and misrepresentation. Um, but I think the, the point is like they, she's taking things that they actually said, but presenting them in such a way that totally misrepresents the actual situation of what was happening. And that feels wrong. Just so that, potentially like with the Dust Bowl woman, because you're taking a thing, a, a way she actually looked in that day, one of the photos that he actually took and the way she actually looked, but presenting it in such a way that represents something completely different. Okay, okay, let's go back to the Dust Bowl woman. Change it slightly. So this guy interviewed this woman. He may have interviewed 10,000 people that day and taken photos of all of them. And he may have looked back at the 10,000 photos he took of each and said, this woman right here in this image reflects best the overall mood of all 10,000 people I took that day. And then it's not a misrepresentation. At some level it is, but at another level it isn't. That's what I'm saying is that you make a trade-off. That I think is fine, though. If we present it in that way, because he's well, presenting yeah. a reality of the Dust Bowl situation, it's still yes. probably wrong on the extent that like he's misrepresenting this woman. So if she was like mad about it, I would think she would be justifiably mad about it. Um, okay. And that she's being misrepresented. Um, but if the author is claiming, or the photographer is claiming, that this is this photo is representative of the Dust Bowl situation, which I think is what he does. He, yeah, he is, is presented as being representative of the larger situation, and yes, of like all the hundreds of people he's interviewed or whatever. Um, that I do think is fine, but, but again, that's because it has not been misrepresented. If you know, like that context is attached, um, even if it's just heavily implied, but um, you, you see how he gets to make that choice and like we can put more or less trust in him based off like how we make like there there are unethical ways to make that choice but you must make that trade-off yeah but if we were to edit this podcast so that it made it sound like you hate the people of lebanon that would be wrong um <laughs> because not only would that like be a misrepresentation of like the broader truth 
Uh, like, it, A, it misrepresents you specifically, just like the Dust Bowl woman. But it also misrepresents the broader truth of this conversation. Um, and so it's there's no truth that's being portrayed by this misrepresentation. It's not like you're you're misrepresenting one thing, one specific thing in the service of like a larger story. It's just a misrepresentation. Yeah. Okay, I guess I could see that. All right, what about this one? In an effort to find footage. Let's say, you know, we've been hearing all these stories about these forest fires that have been happening. So let's say there's a, a forest fire in a Canadian town, but for safety reasons, people can't get close enough to get actual footage. But it just so happens that in the same town, but on the other side of town, a house starts burning down for a completely separate reason, and news organizations get footage of that. And in the background, you can still see the dramatic fires from the forest fires. Misrepresentation, exploitation, completely fine. What do we think? That sounds like exactly the Dust Bowl woman situation. Yeah. You're taking a particular that is actually not representative of the whole or not related to the whole, but because it happens to look that way, using it to represent the whole. Um, we concluded that we're mostly okay with that. I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. Are you okay with that, Ben? I'm still a little bit hung up on this idea that we implicitly consent to being used for news ever, but... If we're assuming that that's the case, then I can accept that the Dust Bowl example is fine. All right, one last question to close out this, because we've been going at it for a while. Which of these do you think would be worse for you? So the current state that actually happened, which is that they took this footage and superimposed some fake buildings on top, or if they took the footage and made like a 95% but completely original recreation of, of the raw original and used that in their movie. Better, worse, same. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little hung up on the distinction between like if you take a digital image and then you make a quote unquote you quote unquote remake ninety five percent. I'm not actually sure how that's different from just using the image. Like if ninety five percent of the pixels are the same, and it's just a digital image, then how is it not just the same image with a five percent difference. Like I don't, I don't understand. Like recreating it, what are you, what are you doing when you recreate it? I don't understand. Oh, like in in your computer CGI program, you've got the, the image pulled up on one side, but you are manually by hand recreating this image. So you're not copying any pixels over. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay. So would this like be equivalent to someone taking? A photograph and then making like a photorealistic painting replica of the photograph. Do you think that those would be the same? Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me provide a slightly, a slightly modified example. Uh, let's say like you came across a picture or, or you took a photo of someone being murdered and you wanted to use that in it. So this really happened and you wanted to use that for whatever reason in a completely different context. So in usage A, you you digitally create different bodies of different people and superimpose that on top of the original image, but maintaining all of the details that are relevant. And then in option two, you digitally recreate just the original photo, but using the same... So the likeness of the people is the same, but it's completely digitally recreated. Is one of those better or worse? Those seem the same to me. And is it because you're taking a real event and misrepresenting it somehow? Because what gets me, and again, this does feel like a heat problem, but in the first case, at the point where you are inserting fake people into the image, that seems like it no longer becomes a real event. I... If you were to take, say, like, say, say, say you were to take, like, documentary footage of, like, the Kennedy assassination. That's what I was just going to bring up. And, that's funny. That's uh, nice. And, like, recreate it shot for shot. Exactly. But about, like, some fictional characters. Let's even say it's, like, a cartoon. That almost feels, like, a little bit wrong, maybe. Um, but, again, I feel that maybe less because it's, like, a misrepresentation and more because it maybe trivializes... The real events. 
Or like, or if you were to like, now I think maybe maybe a different thing scenario would be say you take footage of the Kennedy assassination and use that as a model to mock up a visual of the like assassination of Franz Ferdinand. Um, I don't know how exactly similar they are, but if you were to use that as a model for this other real life historical event, is that worse? I don't know. That was just a thought that popped into my head. I don't know if that's better, worse, or the same, but. And the assassination feels different because of how historically significant it was. And maybe this is me trivializing the Lebanon explosion because it was, again, a huge tragedy, but maybe just not as historically huge as something like the Kennedy assassination. Well, not for us. At least that example feels sillier to me. And it's so distinct. Like, again, there's a recognizable person in that, in that video. Well, until you superimpose another person over top of it. Just like Lebanon is recognizable to people who know it until you superimpose fictional L.A. booms. Mm. Good point. Mm. Yeah, the heat problem here is weird because I don't know at what point during your superimposing process that it does become okay. Or in your digital recreation process, like how different does it need to be for us to no longer feel like it's Like it's wrong, <laughs> like it's a misrepresentation. Yeah, it needs to be very, very different. I don't know. Yeah, it feels like you just can't do that. Or then, what was the argument of the for like the internet outrage you were reading? Was there an argument, or was it just like this is wrong? Period. It seemed like the consensus was that it was either exploitative of something bad, that it minimized something tragic. Or people, again, in the very much like the Kevin Spacey way, that they just felt gross watching it, knowing what the truth behind it was. Okay, here's one. Well, a more innocuous version. Let's say, movie Midnight in Paris, Owen Wilson, and he goes back and down to Paris in the 20s. What if, for that movie, they had used actual footage of like Hemingway and other schmucks in Paris of the 20s um would that be wrong it seems like that would be like totally fine honestly or like yeah they just, what if they took actual footage of Hemingway and then superimposed Owen Wilson talking to him and that was the fucking movie um <laughs> <laughs> that sounds hmm. more or less fine honestly As long yeah, as I, I think I agree because also I don't know how different that would be than like if they if they took say like real which they may have done this movie I don't know but say they took like real Hemingway quotes and repurposed them for the conversation he has with Owen Wilson's character that doesn't feel yeah. wrong um, maybe it's because that doesn't feel like it's like trivializing something that ought to be serious. Um, so it almost is like a St. Augustine thing where it's uh, the the problem with it is that we're conditioning ourselves not to take it seriously. Or it's that just that it doesn't... I don't know this. it's the conditioning issue. I think it's, it's a lack of respect. Like a lack of giving dignity to what is like a, a big, like a, like a important serious event that had dramatic consequences for real people. And by kind of trivializing it, you're like disrespecting the people involved to a certain extent. You're trivializing them to a certain extent by extension. Sure. Whereas with Hemingway, you aren't like I, those, if, especially if the character of Hemingway, if, now, if, if the character of Hemingway is presented as some, like, buffoon, that seems a little bit more bad. Um, no, less bad than, I don't know, than, than the Zagreb thing. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Logan, well, can you expand a little bit on the St. Augustine thing? Because it kind of makes it sound like, according to that argument, you should just never show... A, a scene of a city, like in this example, you should just never show a scene of a city exploding on fell, regardless of how it was inspired. 
because it trivializes real cities that have at one point exploded. Yeah. So the full extent of his argument, I definitely don't agree with, which was that plays are unethical because you'll see tragedies happen and all that's expected of you is just catharsis instead of helping the people on stage. Um, which I totally don't buy to that extent. But perhaps there is like a kernel of truth in it, especially when it comes to like a real event and like real images of a real event and you're not... And you're supposed to treat it as like something that is totally um, removed from alien to you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here's actually a, a sort of related example from recent years. So when Stranger Things season four came out, one of the opening scenes from that series, I guess spoilers that people are in the middle of Stranger Things, uh, one of the opening scenes of that season is uh, some children who have just been massacred by this. You don't know where, but they've been massacred. And you see pretty graphic images of children who've been killed. And right before that season came out, there was, I don't recall which one, because there's unfortunately so many, uh, but there was a mass shooting at a high school. Mm-hmm. And the the showrunners put in some sort of disclaimer at the start that, you know, acknowledged the poor timing of this and said people can skip the opening scene if they find it inappropriate. I mean, do we think it's at all inappropriate that they went ahead and released that scene? Should they have never filmed a scene like that in the first place? Um is it not actually bad at all just because it was unfortunate timing? Um, I think mean, it's, it's, it's awkward timing. I don't think that I view that as being immoral because they, I mean, again, they, it was a totally fictional scenario and they like use actors and created a totally fictional, they didn't, they didn't take a real life tragedy and present it as this like fictional psychic powers scenario. Um, the timing of it, I mean, I think they did that, like, as, yeah, just, like, to be culturally sensitive of the fact that a significant portion of their viewers may be emotionally upset outside of the medium, and that way it impacts their ability to appreciate the art. Um, not that, like, the art itself was wrong for depicting that sort of an event. I do think that there that is something worth considering, and um, like I could see, I could imagine it being the case that like real world events change the meaning of like the art, basically after it's happened. Um, yeah, like, uh, like I almost wonder if it's appropriate to like not screen any of like Wagner's works after the whole Nazism thing. That might, I think that'd be a, like a morally defensible move. Um, or like certainly if you had written a book praising like the German nationalism and German army in World War One in like 1931, it would be inappropriate to like have it hit the presses in 1933 because of the changing environment. Like uh, that, like it would be a good moral choice to like hold off on that book that may have been fine two years before but historical events made it inappropriate two years later so i think they're not wrong for considering it oh yeah i think we're on the right track let's see yeah yeah i don't have any yeah i guess i'm willing to at least where i end on this is that it feels wrong again because of the attribution they they use this footage without getting consent and i may be convinced that it trivializes the event though i'm still not fully on board with that you guys have any closing thoughts on this one before we move on to the gift um yeah i think i think my biggest issue with it is that it misrepresents the event and maybe by doing that does trivialize it and the people involved um so yeah, the trivialization and misrepresentation, I think, are the problems for me. I think I'm less concerned about the consent than you are, Ben. But um, but I guess I kind of see the point. 
Yeah, I think the the moral problem is a version of plagiarism. The actual usage of the footage might be merely more taste, poor taste. Mm-hmm. This is good. So I will say, Logan, that for whatever reason, while you were gone, we ended up in consensus way more than we usually do. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that we, on the first time you're back, have three different takes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming to Philosophy Club. This episode was produced and its music was created by our super talented friend, Sam Roller. A quick disclaimer regarding this episode. At multiple points, I reference a famous photograph I call the Dust Bowl Woman. This photograph is actually called Migrant Mother, if you're interested in looking it up. You'll know it when you see it. You've probably seen it before. During this episode, I reference that photo and claim that the photograph misrepresents her general demeanor. That even though she looks distressed, somehow behind the scenes she was doing okay. I use this to make some point about misrepresenting one individual to accurately represent a larger concept. Uh, In this case, that larger concept is the unpleasantness of the Dust Bowl. However, a quick Google search after our meeting completely disproved this. By all accounts, the woman looks distressed in the photo because she and her family were distressed at the time the photo was taken. Uh, That said, for I think for the sake of making my point, we can pretend that what I said is the case. Maybe it's a thought experiment about a different hypothetical photograph where a distressed-looking Dust Bowl woman was actually having the time of her life behind the scenes. Anyway, I think the argument holds up, and I hope my factual misstep doesn't get in the way of your philosophizing.